Now, uh, Muriel Bulger is an award-winning travel writer, best-selling author, and for many years, talking was a big part of her trade, much like myself. When she was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, Muriel had no idea that it might affect her speech. But when it did, she went looking for a solution. She joins me now this morning to tell us all about it with her speech and language therapist, Beth Armstrong. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. morning. Thank Thank you so much for coming in. I think the story is really important and really helpful. Before we jump into your story and your experience of Parkinson's, can you give us an overview of what Parkinson's disease is and how it affects people, Beth? Yeah, sure. Um, So Parkinson's disease is a progressive uh, neurodegenerative disorder, which is caused by reduced levels of a chemical called dopamine in the brain. Um, So it is relatively common. Um, It's about 15,000 people in Ireland with Parkinson's and it's the second most common progressive neuro condition um, after Alzheimer's disease. Um, and I think most people will know. So it is that common, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. I think most My people will know of someone. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Marie O'Connor in court, she's a good friend of mine, has and she, uh, yeah, has early stages, yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm fat, I'm interested in the world in general, and my mother, bless her now, has Alzheimer's as well. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it touches us all. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it does, yeah. So yeah. how long have you had Parkinson's mural? I think I'm coming up to 12 years now in January. And how did you get your diagnosis? How did that start? I was having treatment for thyroid problems at the time and I started, I I was also doing a weekly interview for one of the newspapers and when I'd come home after doing my interview I couldn't read a word of my my writing, literally not one word and I developed all sorts of tricks and memories to remember what people had said and while I was having my treatment for thyroid my hand had started shaking and I said to the doctor why have I got a shake in my right hand? And he said, oh, that's thyroid. When when you finish your treatment, we look after that. And in the meantime, I looked up Dr. Google. Oh. Last time I did Dr. Google, I don't do it anymore. Yeah, we don't recommend that. Do no, <laughs> I don't do it. But I looked up just idly one day, why does your handwriting disimprove and become mm. illegible? And the first thing was Parkinson's. Wow. And I put two and two together. And when I went back to my GP, I said, I think I have Parkinson's. And he said, we'll have you checked. And that was... I found out. Wow. So how did you take it when you were diagnosed? Very pragmatic. I'm a bit pragmatic <laughs> yeah. about life. That's why you're sitting here. You're so pragmatic. Actually. <laughs> yeah, you contacted us, which is amazing. I love that. You didn't get down about it. It didn't make you... Dep- I'm lucky I don't get down. Oh, great. Great. I, I don't really. People who have different symptoms, of course, there's it's many various. Mm-hmm. Uh, how it was affecting your handwriting? How else was it affecting? What other symptoms did you have? Well, I've got very slow now walking and every. I mean, I think I'm walking very fast, but as the physiotherapist told me, I have to walk like an orangutan and exaggerate my steps a bit like the voice. I have to exaggerate my voice to make myself understood, because apparently with Parkinson's things get shorter. Your steps get shorter, your voice gets shorter, your breath gets shorter, Mm -hmm. in my case. And I would run out of puff when I was trying to talk. And I didn't realise, everyone was saying, pardon, pardon, pardon. I thought all my friends are going bloody deaf. (laughs) At least I still have my hearing. It was only when I was referred to Beth that I was really made aware of the speech problems with Parkinson's. So... You got in touch to tell us about how you were very surprised that you didn't think that was going to be a problem, did you, your speech? Not at all. I didn't I, even know it could be a problem. And you were surprised, weren't you? I mean, very. Uh, people couldn't hear you. Is that what you noticed, first Absolutely. of all? Absolutely. And yeah. I would run out, when I'd start talking, you know, I, I would run out of puff. I, and I would, my voice would peter off at the end of sentences. 
and I would try to talk quicker to get the sentence out. So it was quite incoherent at times. But so I didn't realise that. That's interesting, isn't it? That you didn't even notice it, did you yeah, really? Yeah, I didn't. Because it's, it, it's, it's degenerative, isn't it? It's happened very slowly. Yeah, yeah. So over time, things get progressively more difficult and the speech can beco- become harder to understand. So the normal things you would tend to see in terms of the features would be um, a softer, quiet voice. Some people get kind of a hoarse voice quality, a monotone. So there's yes, lacking that natural monotone. intonation. Um, or like rushed or mumbly speech. So the Parkinson's creates, like it disrupts the natural body's internal cueing system. So in a way, the there's a sensory aspect to the disease. So the person is out of calibration, both with their That's physical movement. That's a very good description. Yeah, that makes sense, speech. doesn't it? Yeah. You... Absolutely. And it, 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 in a weird way, finding out what's wrong is, is liberating in some ways, isn't it? Because then you can take control of it in a way. Well, especially when you know that they can do something for it. Mm. But it wasn't something that was going to get worse and worse. I sounded drunk all the time. And people on the phone particularly, my kids would say to me, Mum, you sound very tired. And I'm not a bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mother says that to me all the time. You sound tired, you sound tired. Um, it's a, you, Beth is one of your team. There's a big team when, when it comes to managing Parkinson's. Is that correct? Medical well, team. I'm, I'm managed by Parkinson's Clinic in, in um, St. Vincent's. And you just have checkups every couple of months. But now, then they referred me to Beth's team. Very good. And and you contacted us because you're so happy with the work that Beth's done with you. So actually, to, to start talking about that work, we actually, you sent us very generously, shared a clip with us of your very first session with Beth. And then we have a, a very recent clip so you can actually hear the improvement. But we'll play the first clip first. So tell me, you said you had children, Muriel. Yes. Tell me about them. They're children, they're, all, they're almost 50s now. Mm-hmm. Three, two boys and a girl. Mm-hmm. Where are they living? My son lives next door to me. Yeah. So he's there if I, if I need him and yeah. I'm there for him as well. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Good. My daughter is married and has three kids and my son has two sons, he's not married. Okay. And my voice is going there, that's what happens. Yeah, I can hear that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. And they say you shouldn't try and clear your throat and it's like that, so how do I get out of that? Well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, because that's the problem. Yeah. You were a journalist for many years and a writer, but talking's very much part of your trade, right? It's part of my life as well. Of course, (laughs) of course, yeah. So you decided to tackle this. That's how you met Beth. Um, And then how long have you been working together? So we met at the end of August. Oh, is that all? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was just a month. I was was away in September, so we didn't start the treatment until October. Okay. So it was a month of intensive. Now it is quite early in the morning as well, but we have a clip of the results of the the treatment very quickly. You can really hear it as well. Let's play that clip. So today is the 18th of August, 2023. We have Muriel Bulger here and you're going to read the Grandfather Passage. Grandfather Passage. You wish to know all about my grandfather. Well, he's nearly 93 years old, yet he still thinks as swiftly as ever. He dresses himself in an old black frock coat, usually several buttons missing. A long beard clings to his chin, giving those who observe him a pronounced feeling of the utmost respect. And he speaks, his voice is just a bit cracked and quivers a bit, that's um, me. How does it work? What happens? Yeah, so the particular programme that myself and Muriel did is called Lee Silverman Voice Therapy or LSVT Loud. So it's um, based on research from the US and it's extremely evidence-based 
Um, therapists do need to be certified to provide it so that's important to mention Um, but it's very intensive and it's based on the principles of neuroplasticity so basically rewiring the brain um, to to speak at a new um, louder volume so uh, intensity, repetition and the idea of use it or lose it so it focuses on the subsystems of speech so we have respiration or breathing um, phonation, which is the vocal cords. So we do exercises to improve the closure of somebody's vocal cords and then articulation. So um, pronouncing sounds more clearly and the way th- those three coordinate between them. How, how often do you work together? So it's four times a week wow. for four weeks. OK, yeah. oh, for four. So it's intense. It's 16 sessions over a month. OK. Yeah, and there's daily homework. So it yes. is, it's a big undertaking, both for Muriel, but also for us, I suppose, as a service to be able to offer that. And you're obviously very diligent. I was. <laughs> I was. But I, you could, I could see the improvement from day one almost. Could you? Well, certainly after the first week. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've got more volume definitely in your voice. So what do they actually sound like, the, the exercises? Like, do you have to do them how often a day? So the sessions are an hour and then Muriel does 10 minutes in the evening on her own. Oh, OK. So manageable. Um, yeah. So it's almost like I describe it like dosage with medication. It needs to you need to have two a day for the four weeks. Um, so that's the session on with us and then the session on your own. Um, we start off with some um, phonation exercises. So deep breathing and, and producing an ah sound very loudly. Then we move from single words into short phrases, sentences Poetry. Poetry and we move up to conversation and then we practice having conversations both one to one in a quiet room and then we go out where there's background noise and then we go down to the coffee shop and, you know, we practice kind of... They make me order my cappuccino (laughs) and they sit at the far end to see if they can hear me ordering my cappuccino. (laughs) So it's very functional, you know, it's It's very very real life, you know, because... And so... Did you find it tricky at first or did you just adapt immediately? No, I, I didn't find it tricky. It was just challenging in the very beginning because my breathing I had got so short. I couldn't do my long hours and things like that. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't It wasn't too difficult. It was worth the effort. Definitely and worth the so effort. So much that you got in touch with us, you wanted to share this with people. Well, I think people should know about it because... I had never heard of it. I mean, I, I consider I would be well informed because of my job as a journalist. And yet I hadn't never I had never known anything about the speech going with people. And I just thought, you know, that's old age. Did you? You just put it down to that? Yeah. Uh, and so, as you said, you were referred to Beth's. So are you getting many referrals now? So, yeah. And You're I think in the Royal Hospital. The Royal Hospital in Donnybrook. Yeah. yeah. So I work as part of the day hospital team. Yeah. So we have um, nursing, physio, OT, speech and language therapy. And I think it's like what you said, there's a whole team behind the doctors. So there's obviously the consultant and the GP who would manage the, the medication side of things. And that's so important with Parkinson's. But actually, that's only half that's only half the battle. And the therapists, you know, and being proactive and seeking out these treatments is the way to long term management of Parkinson's. And I suppose that's the message that we wanted to get out today more than anything is to try and be proactive. The services are out there and to, to know where to go and try and find them. And if you weren't as... Being as proactive as Muriel's being, mm-hmm. what is the impact? Can you lose your voice? Can you can you lose your voice? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Parkinson's, I mean, over time, yeah, very much so. It can get to a point where it's extremely difficult for someone to be understood. Um, you know, hopefully we're trying to, to stop that happening earlier in the disease. So, And I think it's important because if, you, if you're not speaking, you become isolated. You do have a lovely voice, stop. actually. Do you believe a lovely <laughs> voice? Somebody just texted me, Brendan, that lady with Parkinson's, her pragmatism, her voice, her humour. Wow. 
That's a lovely text, isn't it? You've, you're creating Is he eligible? Is he eligible? <laughs> <laughs> See if he texts back now. He can hear you. Uh, Sean no, but I think it's very important because it, it, it can be isolating to have something wrong with you anyway. Of course, of course. Because you're not going to go out and join in things because you can't talk. It's It's yeah. terrible. It's really terrible, isn't yeah. it, actually, when you think about it? Yeah. Did you find it difficult to be this proactive? Or no. is that always the, your personality? No, I think because I would chat to anybody and I would find myself in the supermarket saying to the girl when I'm trying to pack my shopping, the old hands don't work as well as they used to. And they wouldn't hear me and they'd say, pardon, and I'd have to say it again and again. And I just stopped making comments to people. Did you? So yeah. That's even so I had done that without without realising it. And now I'm back saying I've turned into the old lady at the top of the supermarket queue holding everybody up. Oh, no, and, I love that. It's so cute. Well, yeah, that's, that's a bit of confidence as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the main thing. The main outcome for us is confidence, like, and to see somebody's confidence transformed after the therapy. Like, it's a huge part. Our, our communication and the way we talk to people, it's a huge part of our identity and our core being. And I think to be able yeah. to give that you know, back to somebody and to see the confidence and the change in somebody is, you know. I know you can't stop me again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually have a clip of post-treatment, yeah. Okay, so it's the 19th of October 2023 with Muriel Bulger and it's day, it's the final day of LSBT Loud and you're going to do the Grandfather Passage. Now be ready. Nice and loud. You wish to know all about my grandfather. Well, he is nearly 93 years old, and yet he thinks as swiftly as ever. He dresses himself in an old black frock coat, usually several buttons missing. A long beard clings to his chin, giving those who observe him a pronounced feeling of the utmost respect. When he speaks, his voice is just a bit cracked and quivers a bit, just like me, Twice each day he plays skillfully and with zest upon a small organ. I mean, you can really hear the improvement. It's I wonderful. didn't realise till we were talking outside that that passage contains all this, the sounds. Oh, yes, of course. Mm. Beth was just saying that, so it's making it. I, that's not my grandfather, by the way. <laughs> and so what kind of sentences do you say? Do you have practical sentences? Oh, I can remember them all. You have Go ten on, sentences that you have to practice every day Go and, on, and read out. Well, one of them is the old hands don't work as well as they used to. Lovely. And I've turned into the old bat at the top of the supermarket queue holding <laughs> everyone up. Have you done any painting today? Um, yeah, so we try and make them very functional. So we Things you that know. you would say. And then when, when, you don't, when you say those things, they trigger the brain to think loud. And I also have... Ingrained oh. in my bed doing this loud, loud. <laughs> <laughs> and have you done any painting today? Because you've taken up painting, have you? I have taken up painting. Wonderful. Tell me about that. Well, I took that up when I was diagnosed first because I couldn't handwrite and I thought I need to keep my hand working at some level. And I can draw a perfectly straight line with a paintbrush or a perfect circle. And I can't write my signature properly anymore. I'm now Muriel Bulg because my hand <laughs> stops writing when I get bulger. <laughs> So you're so optimistic, though, as well. I can feel it. Your energy is really, really infectious, isn't it? It's really yeah, good. I'll never be any better than I am today. So why not make the most of it? Oh, there's, there's a no T-shirt point. right there. <laughs> That's a wonderful <laughs> thing to say. Yeah, but there's no point. And this is why I don't do Dr. Google. And I would tell people not to do it. When the next stage hits me, I'll deal with it, whatever the next stage is. But I'm not sitting around waiting to see what's going to go next. So what would you say to people that are listening that might be 
nervous of a diagnosis or, you know, the stats of men not going to get diagnosed because they're afraid? What would you say? How important is that diagnosis? Well, it's because Parkinson's is something slow. It's not like being told you have to have surgery next week. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a different mindset towards a, a long-term illness, I would feel. Maybe that's not the same for everybody. But go and get checked. You're better knowing than not knowing. You can really hear the improvement in your voice. It's, 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 and it's amazing to hear it so yeah. clearly. Tell me about... I was shocked when I heard oh. that first um, recording. Were you? Because part of the homework is I had to make a few phone calls and leave voice messages on Beth's machine. And when she would play them at the sessions, I was the first time I heard that first clip that you played. I was absolutely shocked that I sounded so drunk. Really? Yeah, I re- I was absolutely shocked. You now, what are we seeing in terms of stats? Can you have you any idea of how how old is this therapy? Like this particular one? Oh gosh, it's at least um, I'd say it's coming fifteen, twenty years old at this stage. Um, I'm not too sure but I know there was an audit done in the UK um, for people with Parkinson's and they found that only 35% of the people who like Muriel were candidates for the treatment were getting it um, and I would anticipate that that's a lot less in Ireland we, we don't have those figures so, so you're saying there's probably thousands of people not getting treatment who could do with it um, I, I would say so yeah wow. and I think some people are getting you know very small um, little bursts of speech therapy or they're you know linked in here or there they're getting it once a week or something like that but we know that the evidence tells us that it's the intensity that works um, and a diluted version you know although some services maybe don't have the resources to offer it um, you know they're offering that kind of thing but I suppose we're trying to to fill the gaps there a little bit and, and actually bring it back to the evidence base and to offer it where we can. Lots of texts coming in, so some questions. Uh, can you ask, Beth, is this service available for everybody with Parkinson or is it a limited service? So, I mean, it's not unique to us in the Royal Hospital Donnybrook. There are people all over the country offering it. So I would suggest people would contact their GP and ask to be referred to their local primary care speech and language therapy mm-hmm. um, service and ask the question, is it being offered? Um it's not suitable for everybody. That's the not? other thing. Because well, so, Parkinson's has very different, uh, affects people in different ways, yeah? Yeah, very much so. So we would do an initial assessment, you know, where we would meet Muriel and, and establish her suitability to that particular programme. Um, there's lots of other things we can do if, if it's not suitable to do that programme. So, you know, as speech and language therapists, our job is to support people, whatever um, their difficulties are with communication. So um, if you're finding your... You know, it's difficult for you to be understood. You're bothered by it. People around you are finding it difficult. Definitely, you know, seek out speech and language therapy wherever you can. Um, and another question here, really interesting about speech and language therapy. Is this programme helpful for people after a stroke when the voice has been affected? Um, this programme, there is some evidence that it is useful in stroke. It would very much depend on the person's individual presentation again. But yes, I mean, I work half time with people who have had a stroke uh, as inpatients often it can be language that's affected as opposed to to speech or voice so that's a different kettle of fish altogether but there's some evidence emerging that it can be used in stroke if the problem is a low voice volume Uh, Hi Brendan can you convey my sincere thanks to Muriel uh, for highlighting this disease her story is so positive that's from Mary Thank you Mary (laughs) Tell me this uh, you you wanted to reach out and tell you wanted to share this uh, therapy yes, with the world. Yes, because it's awful to think that there's treatment there and people don't know about it. I mean, I don't know where, if my voice was so bad in, in August, where I would be by August next year. Really? Yeah. Does that frighten you? 
Or do you feel... It did when I, when I realised that it was happening. As I said, I was totally unaware of it. Yeah. I just knew my I was running out of puff and nobody could hear me. And as I said, I thought everyone was going deaf. <laughs> That's the other thing just to say, because often patients will say to me, oh, it's not that bad. I'm not too bothered. I'll, I'll wait until it becomes a problem. And I would say it's much harder to rehab your voice and your speech the longer you wait. So it's almost a preventative treatment in a lot of ways. So we um, would urge earlier people. the better. Yeah, because you hear your own voice in your head. You don't hear it as other people hear it. That's very interesting. You so, know, when the first time you hear a recording of your own voice, you think, that's not me. Yeah. Mm. And then that's you, you still hear your voice as it always was. You don't notice it deteriorating. What message would you like to give to anybody out there who's thinking about reaching out? Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's definitely. why you're here. That's yeah, why you're here to definitely. tell your story. Yeah. You you're really are inspiring Muriel Bulger. I'm not at all. You are. You, you are. are. <laughs> you're wonderful. She is, isn't she? She right? is. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. A great advocate for your work as well. Yeah. And what's your message to anybody concerned? I think, you know, be be proactive. Parkinson's is all about self-management of the condition long term um, and go and seek the services and, you know, multidisciplinary, seek out the therapies um, as, as much as you can. Avoid Dr. Google, see your GP. Oh, absolutely avoid Dr. Google. Uh, yeah. For anything. For anything. For anything, yeah. And, and what are you doing for Christmas? I'm hoping to be entertained by my family and friends. I hope they're listening now. They'll take the message with me. I promise I won't sing. <laughs> You'll be using your loud voice at the my dinner table anyway. Table. We've, we've t- We're not allowed to say shout in this programme. You just have to loud. <laughs> were, were, were you, were, was your house a shouty house? Was you, did you raise your voices? My kids would probably say I raised my voice an awful lot to them. And now it's important to keep doing that, right? Keep it loud. Keep it loud. Is that the, is that the message? message? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, my family be great. Oh, they, have, <laughs> they have little notices in her in Beth's office with loud. Think loud. It's like my middle name these days. Is it really? <laughs> and will you, be, will you do more therapy now with Muriel going forward? So essentially Muriel is, is, is had, had her treatment. I'm glad you um, it. It lasts for two years if she's keeping up her daily um, exercises and then maybe we would do a booster or something yeah. at some point just to get her back on track. Well, thanks so and much I for sharing. I have to say the team were fantastic in Donnybrook. And you're, you're, you're brilliant. Thank you so much. Uh, Beth Armstrong, thank you so much. And Muriel Boulder, I hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Let's Brandon. take a break. 